0: Wow, looks like we barely got ourselves out of that one. Yeah, that was a real nail-biter
1: there. Welcome to the Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. As fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon.
0: In this podcast, we'll put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready? And begin. Okay, so we are starting our decades of death, a hundred years of horror. Um, And so we are beginning at the beginning in the 1920s. Um, So we have three silent movies. Um, Oh, it just struck me that our listeners won't be able to see what crazy thing just happened. I know. I wish we could have,
1: like... Maybe we should do a vodcast and do the title cards, but
0: you'll just have to believe us that it was insane and horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we are starting in the year 1920 with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This was directed by John S. Robertson, written by Clara Beringer, based on the book by Robert Louis Stevenson starring John Barrymore as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Brandon Hurst as Sir George Carew, Martha Mansfield as Millicent Carew, and Charles Lane as Dr. Lanyon. Now, before we get started, um, just a little bit of background here. So this came out in 1920, and we're focusing on the 1920s. So um, some other movies that we have previously... Re- previously reviewed um, from this decade are The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which was also 1920, and Nosferatu, which was 1922.
1: Yeah, and I feel like you have to make that comparison when running through the rubric just to see where films were at Mm -hmm. during the... (laughs) Sorry, folks. So we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and we lost part of the recording... For Phantom of the Opera and, and Dr. Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde. So we're going to sum up real quick our synopsis.
0: Yeah, so when we talked about the 1920 version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we both felt that it earned a point in monster quality, but not in production or scare factor.
1: Yeah, the monster, um, and we really liked how it relied on you know the the ideas of vice and temptation, uh, and it made for a really cool story. But there wasn't enough in the film itself to actually warrant being in the canon.
0: Yeah, we thought it was cool how it complicated the idea of good and evil, uh, and the spider at the end was really yeah. freaking cool. Yeah, and evil wins. Yeah, um, and then when we discuss the phantom of the opera we kind of felt the same way um we both gave it a point for monster quality but not for production or scare factor we just felt like lon chaney as the phantom like is the movie
1: yep so as you'd refer to with the roger ebert um review is that the film is more
0: spectacle Mm -hmm. uh, than anything else yeah um i mean for everything from the makeup to the costume of the phantom Um, is great the way they built him up is mysterious um, kind of like the Blair Witch Project we we mentioned Um, and um, he has um, this kind of turn in the movie where he becomes more sympathetic but ultimately he's this sad broken man discuss our third and final film uh, The Cat and the Canary which was released in 1927 Directed by Paul Leaney, written by Robert F. Hall and Alfred A. Cohn, based on the play by John Willard. Starring Laura LaPlante as Annabelle West, Creighton Hall as Paul, uh, Forrest Stanley as Charles, and Martha Maddox as Mammy Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then also Arthur Edward Carew is Roger, who was also in The Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yep, I didn't notice that until you said that.
0: Yeah, um, so let's begin with production.
1: Okay, so production. I feel like this is going to be different for me than the previous two. I feel like there's some things going on with the cinematography here um, that really stand out in comparison.
0: Yeah, this is a big step up in inventiveness yeah. and ambition. Yeah, the opening scene with the
1: with the light and poking around.
0: Uh-huh, and then the man who's in a bottle surrounded by cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they hammered home that metaphor so hard but it i mean it worked at least at first like it it was a really cool idea um but yeah it it was a real step up in in quality
1: yeah and i think a lot of the ways that the movie is shot have become staples for horror movies I mean, so in the beginning there, there's the, the point of view shot inside the house. There's slow yeah. pan, which the is, movement of the light.
0: Yeah, which is, I think, later used as the opening of Tales of the Crypt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, the plot, if we're thinking about the writing, the plot itself is very classic. What, Like a ragtag crew of individuals uh-huh. going to a place for a reason that is not the actual reason that they were brought there. And then ghost or murder ensues.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And so it's the classic, like, uh, play, or, or, well, it's based on a play, but the classic story of, you know, uh, a big house with a secret uh, bookcase and Mm -hmm. kind of a Scooby-Doo mansion. Like, that's what this place is. (laughs) Even the end,
1: the the very end of this movie with the reveal... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of the guy is very Scooby Doo. The police catch him, throw him uh-huh. up against the wall, and then tear off the mask, and everybody goes,
0: "Oh!" Oh, and I think one of the title cards is like, "Go go go go!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, it's I mean it's a very light-hearted movie for for the it's subject a comedy matter. Of errors. It's definitely the more slapstick yes. comedy um, tone. Yeah. But in in contrast to
1: Dr. Jekyll and Phantom, I feel like this does more things like Nosferatu where it's playing with light. So it's, uh, you know, when the guy's hiding under the bed and um, when uh, the first older woman looks under mm-hmm. and they've got the lights in his yeah. eyes so and she's
0: scared. I Like, that's cool. Yeah. There's just like a sophistication in... The close-ups and camera techniques in this that felt really refreshing yeah. after the uh, previous two movies. Uh, there's, just to
1: go along horror tropes, there's sex. Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, for 1927 sex, there's the <laughs> legs yeah. um, and, like, you know, dropping <laughs> the see, slit. He,
0: he sees a woman take her stockings off. Feet
1: and ankles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and so then you know by the end you have the reveal of you know, oh it was the brother who wanted the inheritance for Mm-mm. himself, um, and and it it's the really like the worthiest one who seems to get mm-hmm. it. So there's kind of morality tale.
1: Yeah, in that. It, so I think I, I want to give it a, a a point for production for sure.
0: Yeah, I do too. As soon as this man, this stranger enters the house and says, there's an escaped lunatic roaming the grounds. I was like, okay, I know what this is and I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's a well-made movie. Um, Definitely a step up from what we've seen before um, as far as production quality. And so, yeah, I'm going to give it a point too. Yeah. What about monster quality?
1: Uh, I'd say it's pretty shallow. Greed. That's, that's the biggest I can throw I mean, in there.
0: Cloak and dagger. I don't know. Not too long ago, we talked about your next. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the same. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even think that going on. But yeah, yeah. Um, and we didn't give that a point um, because we felt like it was sort of shallow. And I would say there's there's no more depth here. Yeah. In the monster.
1: Yeah, it's a it's it's really tough. Even the, the most monstrous thing that happens for me in this movie is the hand out of the, the wall to like grab the bed. That seems super creepy. More yeah It's factor. like a devil hand yeah. or something. That
0: part's cool, but I mean I wanted more Mammy Pleasant.
1: <laughs> I loved all? her
0: look. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh there just wasn't enough for me,
1: so. but don't you think? it So is this is this the movie that sort of set up those tropes and cliches? So whether we see it in um, in satire or, or in parody, like Scary Movie, mm-hmm. or uh, or e- even in The Invitation or Your Next Like or Clue, like that set up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, or even a uh, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, haunting.
0: Yeah, I mean, surely it's not the first story um, that's like this. You know, it it is a play, and we can imagine there have been other plays. I mean, I haven't researched, but there have been other plays kind of with this um, premise right. or books. I mean, Agatha Christie, you know, has some books like this. Um, so, but but as far as like in cinematic history, I mean maybe mhm like maybe we haven't seen it in film before and so i thought it was well done yeah i think it's important for for that reason yeah i think so, so. too so yeah no no
1: monster quality no
0: points for me and definitely not scare factor it's yeah. just kind of silly it's fun to watch exactly it's it's a fun comedy um, that has some horror elements but it's it's not The the intent is not to scare. Yeah, yeah. So I think for
1: this decade, we probably we just we just filled our quota already with with Nosferatu and uh, Cabinet Doctor Caligari. Yeah, those are already in the canon for this decade. So I don't feel as bad not putting any of these in there.
0: Right. It's still I learned a lot so early in uh in film history. So um yeah, just nothing nothing really. Standing out. But we're going to move on to the 1930s. Hopping your DeLorean. <laughs> and so um, yeah, or yeah. Uh so so let's uh talk about what we're going to do next. What's next? Well, um we have some options. Um we are considering the Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Um White Zombie, 1932. Vampire, another 1932. Um, That's one that's been on my list for a while. Uh, We could also hit up another Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Apparently the one from the 30s is like the best. I think we should. Yeah? I think we should do Vampire and Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. Uh,
1: So it's The Bride of Frankenstein's the other one we have up there?
0: I... I think that's the superior Frankenstein movie. Yeah. We haven't done anything with
1: like Frankenstein universal. or even
0: Universal Monsters really at all. I, I mean, I would be game if you want to do another Let's three. Let's do
1: another trio. Okay. Because I feel like it, it, those all deserve... Yeah, yeah. Deserve a chance. Yeah. And we'll, we'll save White Zombie for another time. White Zombie, I like it. I've seen it before. Oh, okay. Uh, it's... It, again like of these decades it, it can be tough yeah in parts okay so that's it then but uh, I love the but I love the voodoo zombie like we talked about with uh-huh. zombie yeah um, that definitely has a cool connection so maybe we'll do come back to just zombies in general and yeah I think white zombie will come back right we'll come back
0: <laughs> so um, this will also set us up well for, I think, some future decades for for comparison. So, we'll be doing, um, yeah, the 1931 Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the 1932 Vampire, and the 1935 Bride of Frankenstein.
1: And then, upcoming, we have Horror Hound.
0: Yeah! So, later this month. Yep, so we're gonna do Nightmare on Elm Street for that. Yeah, and then we'll definitely have uh, our sort of Horror Hound episode where we run down, you know, all the Fun panels we we attended and all the cool things that we saw and maybe a movie we caught. So I'm so
1: pumped. I am too. Yeah. There's 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 Evil Dead. There's Nightmare on Elm Street. Robert England is going to be
0: there. Yeah. Boom. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, they're they're doing a the whole Lost Boys thing um, again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but this time with the two stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is I bet the saxophone guy's going to be there. Oh. Uh,
1: he's he's everywhere. He has to be. I saw him on he was on a um one of those late night shows. Oh. I think really? it
0: was Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and he was playing on there for some for something. <laughs> it's like ah. that's great. Horror Hound is just so much. I can't wait. Do you have your costume ready? I think so. I think so. Okay. I, I know you do. Well, it's not ready, but
1: I, I have you have your idea. I have my ID. We'll we'll save it. Okay. So you can check out more episodes and uh, follow our ABCs of terror to lead up to our decades of death at unoyasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E. Follow
0: us at the underscore terror underscore test. Pencils down. The terror test is over.